Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on September the 19th, 2022. Do you folks believe in ghosts? I spent a couple of nights at the Padre Hotel in Bakersfield over the weekend. It's supposed to be haunted due to a number of incidents a fire on the seventh floor, kids trapped in an earthquake in the basement, a number of suicides over the years, you name it. The bartender was telling us that her experiences had been from mischievous children ghosts that knocked things off the counter, but one night she was able to snap a photo of a little ghost face in a beer she had poured. I gotta say, I wouldn't consider myself a believer of the conventionally paranormal, but I'd never seen a beer foam die down like that. The only spirits I saw last weekend were the ones pooled up in the bottom of my glass. But you didn't come here to listen to some watered-down drunken reboot of Ghost Hunters. No, no, no. You came here to get all the latest statistics and most interesting stories within the world of energy. Let's get into it starting with the commodity prices. Last week, I predicted WTI would settle down in the neighborhood of 85.90, and that's about what we saw. Lots of time spent in the $87.88 territory, though trends from the last few weeks would suggest we are probably headed lower. After we hit that peak of 120, it's been week after week of falling prices. Now there are loads of factors between fundamentals, economics, and geopolitics that I believe will eventually push that price right back up. But when I gaze into my crystal ball, the near future seems to be probably an $82 barrel of WTI. Brent is moving the exact same way, but maintains a solid $6 premium. No surprise there. Natural gas had a little bit of a tumble last week. It opened at around 8.5, climbed above 9, and then fell all the way to 7.5. While it appears to be falling just like WTI, we're actually seeing a slightly different pattern. We're falling off the backside of a peak now, but the general trajectory for the past half year is certainly upward. Don't get me wrong, WTI is doing well, but natural gas blows it out of the water on a percentage basis over the last year alone. Things may fall a little further in the near future, but these commodities are still at strong, healthy prices. Now for the rig count, which has been, let's just say, underwhelming. After about a month of negative net changes, we are finally greeted with a green number. Four more rigs on the week, which brings us to a total of 763 rigs in the USA. That is still 251 more rigs than we had this time last year. Basin by basin, we can see the Permian is on a bit of a rebound with three more rigs. The can of Woodford is up two rigs, and the Eagleford follows with one. The Williston was the only major basin to lose a rig. State by state, you can probably guess that Texas is up big, with a positive five-rig change on the week, and Louisiana tacked on one to its total. New Mexico and North Dakota lost one rig each, but that mystery rig in Kansas is still up and running. The pendulum swings from an emphasis of gas back to one of oil as more directional and horizontal wells are drilled. The Gulf of Mexico gains back a rig that is lost last week, bringing the total back to 14. Perhaps a bit quieter than you might expect, but it is nice to see Texas on a small rebound and a green number after all that red. Lastly, of course, is the inventory report. Nick Fernhout has put together another excellent Thirsty Thursday last week, and here's what he had to write. The EIA foresaw a modest build of 0.833 million barrels this week and actually reported a build of 2.442 million barrels. There are only a few weeks left of Biden's plan to drain 1 million barrels a day from the SPR, which has been slightly shrouding, which is actually happening with those stock levels. 
It will be interesting to see the API and EIA reported numbers in October when the SPR is out of the question, and a few months later when the plan to fill the SPR is at least on its feet. The API expected a draw of 0.2 million barrels, and must have been quite surprised with this week's reported build of just over 6 million barrels. Is it just me, or does it seem like both the API and EIA are usually quite modest in their forecasts, and the reality that follows a week later is typically either much higher or lower than predicted? I'll have to look into why that is. We'll report back next week. Do you hear that? Oh yes, that is the sound of the SPR stock tank level continuing to plummet for yet another week. It can be difficult to see, but the most recent data point is showing 434 million barrels. A week prior, that number was 442.5 million barrels. If my math is correct, that's a difference of about 8.5 million barrels, which is more than the 1 million barrel per day of Biden's initial plan. California's winning the race that no one wants, the highest gas price in the country. They continue to pull ahead of Hawaii for the second straight week with a state average of 5,439 per gallon of regular. Mississippi brings up the rear at 3,135 per gallon. And from what I understand, Mississippi has such low gas prices due to low fuel taxes and the fact that they're so close to several refineries. Distillate and propane stocks are on the rise. While it hasn't cooled down yet here in Colorado, or many of the other states for that matter, it feels like that time of year is just around the corner, and that means only one thing, dropping distillate and propane stock levels. It seems as though distillate and propane stock is beginning to build ahead of those colder months, and that may be where the pressure is coming from to try and get distillates back on track to be within the five-year range. Thank you, Nick, for writing yet another wonderful report. This brings us to the end of our statistics section. Now, it's time to get into some of our news. The big story for today developed through the weekend. As Ukraine appears to gain more and more lost territory from Russia, Germany decided to get in on the action as well. The country moved to seize Rosneft's Schwett refinery, which supplies 90% of Berlin's fuel. Germany has made it clear that it is ready to take whatever actions it can to protect its industrial base and ward off winter blackouts. As German politician Verona Huberts said, quote, Over the next few months, we'll have to continue to preserve critical infrastructure in order to achieve energy independence. End quote. Unfortunately, she neglects to mention that Germany is missing one vital part of the energy independence equation. Supply. What good is a massive refinery if you lack the energy resources to run it? Russia certainly isn't delivering the oil, so they're going to have to find it from somewhere because you can't exactly refine nothing. Maybe they'll buy it from the United States. Or maybe from China, who's just selling Russian oil anyways. It just seems like a poorly planned move. It's like running into a Costco, cutting the power cable for a floor model TV, and running out the door. Sure, you've got a TV that you might be able to get running after the fact, but the more immediate problem is that you pissed off the store and it's no small item. Rosneft released a statement saying it will, quote, consider all possible measures to protect its shareholders, including legal action, end quote. Another problem to consider is that this refinery is kitted to operate off of Russia's oil from the Druzba pipeline specifically. I'm not saying this was an entirely poor plan on Germany's part. They could certainly get this up and running. There's just a lot of hurdles in the way. To me, it seems the risk of pissing off Russia just doesn't seem to be worth the reward. But then again, Germany has a bit more bite than some surrounding countries. And what's Russia going to do? Deliver less than zero energy resources? <laughs> no. I suppose a refinery wasn't receiving energy resources anyway, so this does afford them a little bit more wiggle room in the near future. Next is a quick update on the SPR situation that Nick had briefly mentioned. 
The plan has been pretty poorly executed, and we're only a couple of weeks away from hitting that original six-month deadline. In order to compensate, the SPR will be holding a 10 million barrel sale in November, bringing the total sales to 165 million, or the originally proposed 180. So it seems they're pretty dead set on hitting the volume and will ignore the deadline. Washington has also mentioned that there's no specific time frame or price with respect to refilling the SPR, so it seems that they're waiting for prices to come down. While that could be a good plan, I hope we aren't kicking ourselves in the foot six months from now if prices are back up to $100 plus barrels. Nothing too shocking here, but certainly something we don't want to leave on the back burner too long. Next, something that has been a long time coming. Russia has had a massive share of sanctioned trades, and it steals opportunities from other countries to sell. Iran is one of those other countries, and it has grown sick of watching Russia profit. They have about 70 to 93 million barrels stocked up in the Persian Gulf and the coast of Singapore. Their plan? Sell it at a $5 to $7 discount to Russian crude. Sure, they're not going to be making as much, but if this happens, we may see some rogue plays from OPEC countries who have also been hurt by the lack of market share who are really just looking to generate anything in sales. China sure don't care where it comes from, so keep an eye on how this plays out because it could be the beginning of some very interesting inter-organizational negotiation on OPEC's part. Additionally, the G7 price cap only primes other countries for what may be considered black market sales. If Russia can't sell it at that price, which they're going to anyways, it does open the door for OPEC to make some money. Folks, it's getting to be real hectic, and it's only going to get worse this winter, and I believe things will kick off around the holiday season. The best thing you can do to make the most of market conditions is to keep yourself in the know. Let Rare Petro do all the heavy lifting. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and absorb all that information that we present to you so that you may become the best possible energy professional that you can be. You can find all of our other content at www.rarepetro.com, and if there is anything that you'd like us to cover, we always take suggestions. Simply email us at podcast at rarepetro.com. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. Till we see you next time, take care, everybody. 